Welcome to The Quality Horizon, a podcast produced by the IAQG for the IAQG. Greetings, everyone, and welcome. You're listening to the IAQG Quality Horizon podcast. I'm your host, Susan Matson, and with me today are Greg Fontaine, IAQG's digital focal, and Jake Lewin, CEO of Intact US, the developers of Oasis. Good morning, and welcome to the show, everyone. Hi, pleasure to be here. So today, obviously, we're going to be talking about OASIS, which stands for, in case um, some of our listeners don't know, the Online Aerospace Supplier Information System. Greg, what exactly does OASIS mean? Well, it means exactly what it says. But in, in practice, what that means is it's the system in which the entire AQMS certification process is documented. And its primary goal is to list all of the available information on suppliers that are certified under that set of standards. Thank you. Now, the latest version of Oasis, Oasis V3, launched a few months back. And one of the biggest things that I've heard and seen is that it's different. So Greg, can you really quickly, briefly tell us what does that mean when someone says this system looks different? Well, it it is different and it's also the same. It's very different from a user interface perspective. The look and feel and the how you go about what you're doing is entirely different um, because we have essentially replatformed the old Oasis onto the new Oasis V3 version. So in that case, it's entirely different. What's the same is what you're doing. You're still going through and you're looking up suppliers or you're doing audits or the other stuff. It's the how you go about it. I use the word replatforming and that's important because while we call this V3 because it's the third generation of this platform, the goal here was not so much to create a whole bunch of new functionality, but to recreate the old functionality on a new platform that would be the foundation for the future. This has been a huge project. It will prove to be worthwhile. I know it's been a struggle for some people, but the goal here was to get us to something that would allow us to do all the things people have been wanting the previous version, next gen, to do for years, and we couldn't do it under the old platform easily. So things such as offline auditing, some of the analytics, the ability to do integrated audits, all of those are things that we'll be able to do under the new platform. But for now, the goal was just to get all of the existing functionality working on this new platform so that we had something to build on for the future. Perfect. Thank you. And a nice segue into one of the things that I really wanted to get to is because of the fact that it's different, as you said, and there is a little bit of a struggle for some people, we've got some basic questions that have been really impacting some user base. And what I'd like to do is kind of open up the door and get some of your insight onto how to tackle these questions so that people aren't struggling anymore, right? So I've got five of them. I'm going to ask you some questions and then we might talk about a a couple little things that might help people, a little bit of insight and tricks. So the first one's going to go to you, Jake. This is a question I've heard repeatedly. I've had access to Oasis on the previous platform, but I can't log into Oasis V3. What am I doing wrong? Well, thank you for that. And I'm really glad we're doing this. For users in the previous system, it had been there a very long time and and many, many users had created or had many different profiles for various stages in their careers. And so as a result, we see different issues occur. I think the main thing that folks are doing wrong is it's important to take a deep breath, look and figure out, okay, A, am I in the correct system? Occasionally folks are simply attempting to log into the old one, not the new one. 
Secondarily, sometimes what they need to do is to double check that they're attempting to log in with their current username. That is the current and relevant one for the access they're trying to get, not a older company or for instance, sometimes folks were logging in with another employee's email, like they shared it. So what's important is to use our uh, help desk and our known issues where we have a step-by-step walkthrough of ways to attempt to resolve your username and figure out where you stand. And then from there, if there's still an issue to put in a help desk ticket. So really it's an approach of taking it step-by-step, making sure your username you perform a forgot password. If that doesn't work, go through our uh, help steps and then last resort, then put in a help desk ticket, which we're happy to resolve. Okay. So continuing on that conversation. So another question we have is that I have access. I've been able to get into the system Oasis B3 using my existing account. I've been able to reset my password, but I can't see anything. Why not? Most common reason for that, instead of, in order to have access to a company's information, that access needs to be provided from the company to the user in the system. That's typically done by the certification body or whichever body is one step above that entity. So what they want to do is contact the CB to have access issued. What is Unfortunately, quite common is that folks will go in and register a brand new user and simply putting in your name and creating a public user, which the public may do and is open, will not give you access to your company information. The company information must come to you in an invitation. Okay. And then this kind of dovetails into my next question. So, Greg, just wanted to make sure Jake covered this. I registered for Oasis 3 and I'm in. I can't see anything associated with my audits or my organization. So who do I talk to to get that visibility if it's within the organization? Is that different than what Jake just described? No, I think it's a symptom of the same problem. Many people are creating an account and expecting that because they're using a certain domain name, that's going to automatically somehow associate them with their supplier or CB or whatever organization they're part of. And in reality, if you need to be associated with an association or organization of some type, that, as Jake pointed out, has to be issued by them. They need to essentially create a login and invite you into their organizational account. That other account you've created is kind of a just a generic public account, and there's no way for the company to then associate that one with them. They need to invite you. So I think that's probably a pretty common mistake and probably a little bit of a cause for confusion. And then on that same breath, if if someone in the organization no longer works there and say they're the company admin, who does the new person go to? Do they go back to their CB? Do they submit a help desk? Well, and again, as Jake pointed out, you kind of have to go one level above. Intax support desk has no idea who a supplier administrator is. If somebody leaves and somebody else comes in, the only person who's going to be aware of that and know who the proper person and authorize the proper person to be take over that role will be, in the case of a supplier, will be the CB. And they have the rights and ability to go update and add supplier contacts as part of their role. If it's a CB and their main administrator leaves, then it's going to go to the AB that set them up and it is affiliated with them. So when he talked about going up one level, 
if the main admin in your organization is gone and somebody else needed to, to take over, you need to contact whoever that person is above you in the overall certification scheme. So I've done all that as a user and I still am having problems. I'm still having access. I need to submit a ticket. Jake, walk us through what are we supposed to do? Where are we supposed to go? What information do we need for that ticket? Yeah, a couple of fairly easy hops, which is at the top of the OASIS system is a link to the service desk. That's the full knowledge base and information. I think the first thing I would do is search it for your question and look for the various steps because that can be helpful to just understand the context. After that, there's another link there that says service desk, Oasis service desk. So the service desk is where you submit tickets. The service desk requires you to set up a service desk user, a login there, and that is different than your Oasis login. And that's for a reason. It's so that you can receive direct communication from that service desk. And from there, you have the ability to submit a ticket. What we would ask you to do as much as possible is to associate that ticket with the appropriate section of the manuals and instruction that you're asking about, because that'll help us route it faster. And then as much as possible, give us the fullest context you can. Who are you? What are you trying to do? How did you get there? What is the challenge you're having, right? For instance, here's a distinction. It doesn't work is different than I was attempting to log into this point. I was over here and the message I got was this. I can diagnose 10 times faster, that kind of thing. So it's all about context and a full description. And then secondarily, absolutely as much as possible, a screenshot. So you can put screenshots. You can upload step-by-step. Here's what I already troubleshooted. Exactly. And I will say this for screenshots. When you do a screenshot, full screenshot, not just the corner, not just an edge, the full thing, your screen is a treasure trove of clues that we use. The fewer clues you give us, the harder it is for us to diagnose and solve the issue. Honestly, for those users who are um, unsure how to do this, the Windows key plus Shift and S will make a screenshot. Perfect. And people are using this system, correct? I mean, we're, we're not in any kind of beta testing moment. We've got certification audits going, audits being processed certifications being delivered, correct, Greg? Oh, absolutely. The system has been, is fully in use and and the, and the rate of adoption has varied, but there are entire CB and supplier audits going on in this system with every step of the process from the actual audit being done in the system, the audit orders being created, the reviews, the back and forth with the suppliers through the NCR process. I mean, it all is there and is being used regularly and consistently by a huge number of organizations. So, And I want to take one second just to reiterate that when people talk about the support and opening that ticket, the absolute more information you give in your ticket about your problem, where you're having it, what you were trying to do, what screen you were on with those screenshots, the faster and better support and response you will get with the less back and forth. So not only will you be doing everyone a favor, but you'll be doing yourself a favor in doing that. So. 
Yes, absolutely. And Jake, I wanted to go back one step. You talked about taking a full screenshot because it's a treasure trove, as you said, of information. I'm going to assume, and I'm going to put words in your mouth, so please explain this, that sometimes what the problem that the user might be thinking they're having could be something completely different that you're seeing and that your support team can help. So are there some tools and tips or insights that might be giving frustration moments for, say, an auditor or CB that you've seen time and time again? I got to say, right, of course, that there's moments of challenges because the work itself is hard, right? It's not about the job is about doing audits and certification in with a high integrity. So folks will run into issues. I'll, I'll give you a few that that happened. For instance, we've seen something lately. It's relatively rare, but there's long forms, right? There's like the summary form in the stage two audit where there's a lot to fill out. And I think, to be frank with you, that auditors work through that form sometimes and the phone rings or they get up or something happens or they go to lunch and they leave it open and they don't save it. And eventually a web browser will time out and kick them out and then they will lose that data simply by not saving. If they try to navigate away, it'll ask them to save. The same thing happens if you enter data and you just close the browser. So saving's important, particularly on the longer forms where I think human behavior can sometimes cause people to simply forget. There is another one. There's a functionality in the system that allows an audit to move forward without any data. And that's there for cases of like an auditor can't have an audit sitting with them in their queue forever. But sometimes the audit can't happen. There's an issue. It, it was an audit failure. That Maybe there, there's some issue and the audit needs to be sent back. And there's a button for this. It's this not audited button. And it says only use this for a certain purpose. But there's so much process and so much to do that I think auditors click it. And then their matrix disappears, which is on purpose. That's a value and it has a specific use, but it confuses auditors sometimes. So I would just say, be careful, the not audited button in the preparation area. It's got a very specific purpose. Don't use it unless well and truly you're trying to send this audit back as not performed, getting it out of your queue. And um, I'd say the last one is, there's some really great functionality in the system in that a auditor can write a non-conformance. They write a non-conformance in the system and they can finish it, they can edit it over time. That non-conformance is visible to them and due to some new functionality visible to the user, the, the supplier, but the supplier cannot answer it until the auditor sends it to them. And so sometimes there's an issue of confusion between the parties because this is somewhat new having the sending step. And so what auditors need to do is send the nonconformance when it is time for the supplier to answer it. That will unlock those fields for the supplier and they can answer it. And then the auditor is no longer editing it. So I think sometimes that step gets forgotten and causes confusions on both sides of the auditing desk, I should say. Those are good points, and, and we're definitely going to explore some more of those in the future. Let's end on a positive note. Is there something new or exciting that users are finding, Jake or Greg, if one of you want to answer that? Is there something that we're 
you're hearing from this new platform is different, but this is what I really like about it. I mean, I think honestly, any new system involves a lot of change. The first thing you hear about is challenges and people learning. We're actually getting a lot of really great feedback about a number of different areas and about visibility. And then very recently, we opened up the ability for suppliers to view their audits in process. So when they have an audit in their list, they can open that audit and look at it at any time as it's being performed. Similarly, we just created the ability for non-conformances to be reopened. Somebody closes one on accident, it's a little premature, conditions change. Now the auditors can reopen it and that's saving them time. Other than that, I would just say that the kind of navigation and visibility, we're getting a lot of positive feedback about that kind of thing. And for a lot of folks, we find that once they get past the learning curve of, I've got this job to do today and this thing's entirely new, once they get past that, we're kind of dealing in day-to-day issues and clarification. So fundamentally, we're getting a lot of positive feedback once folks get used to swimming in the new water. I think I'm going to follow up on that, which is I think that what I heard, particularly when I was talking to people at the General Assembly and the other stuff and on various calls, is that particularly, I think, for the auditors, that it's a huge change. I mean, it's the same stuff, but it's done very differently. But I heard over and over, like, yeah, that first audit, man, that, that was rough, but but by the time I'd done several, it's intuitive, it runs smooth, it's a newer, more modern interface. Um, so it's like anything else. It takes some time to learn something. I remember back in the uh, summer, we had one of the auditor workshops, and I asked in the room, you know, how many of you have been around long enough to remember the first time you had to do an audit in NextGen, the previous version? First full online audit. Half the room raises its hand. I'm like, who thought it was fun the first time they did it? Like all the hands go down, right? I mean, so everyone was used to the old system, but if they can think back far enough, learning it was a little rough too. And now it, it's second nature to them. I think the big thing that we're, we're starting to hear now finally is that as people have used it and learned it and got to know it, they do like it. So it's a transition. And, and uh, you know, again, most people don't embrace change quickly and there's a learning curve. But I think overall, the good news is that is that people are Every week that goes by, more people and more people are getting used to it and using it and getting comfortable in it. That is absolutely great. And and as things happen and you alluded to the knowledge base and that help site and the service tabs, we'll put these all in in the show notes. So if anybody needs them, but as a reminder, the knowledge base is at oasis-help.iaqg.org. This ticketing area is in the service tab right on the main navigation. The known issues, I think you did mention those as we identify things that people are having issues in and we're detailing them a little differently or showing things. There is a whole known issues area and a whole resolved area for things that have been challenging from the get-go. That is all also in that service tab. Anything else did I miss? Any other? No, I, I think that's great. You know, we're we just, we're really enjoying working with everybody. It's fascinating, the dedication and how hard people work is really comes through. And so that, that part is really rewarding and just, you know, we're looking forward to continuing to work with everybody in the sector. Wonderful. Well, great. Thank you both. I know this has been short and sweet. Users, that are listening. We're going to do this again and again. As people come through with some other questions, we'll be trying to work through them. Okay. So thank you. 
We'll talk soon. And I know that we've helped at least a few users on the path to understanding Oasis V3. Don't forget to bookmark the knowledge base that we just talked about at oasis-help.iaqj.org. And because this system, as Greg and Jake both said, continues to evolve, be sure to visit iaqg.org website and click on the Oasis V3 page for the most current news. This is Susan Matson, and you have been listening to The Quality Horizon. Until next time, have a great day. Stay safe. Thank you for tuning in to The Quality Horizon, a product of the International Aerospace Quality Group. 